I saw a TV show about a girls' rock band, and I got obsessed with it. I was like eight, and I thought, "Oh my god, this is so cool!" Because I never saw that we didn't have girl rock bands in Armenia. That was Rosa Lynn, and this is Shiros. A podcast with a mission to turn up the volume of women's voices in music across genres and generations. I'm Carmel Holt, and what you're about to hear is a previously aired interview from my syndicated public radio show, She Rose Radio. She Rose is a deep dive into the experiences and perspectives of women and gender expansive folks in a still overwhelmingly male dominated music industry. It's a space where we discuss challenges and triumphs, how far we've come, and how far we still have to go. Telling our stories is the first step to making music better for everyone. I don't know about you, but I love a good fairy tale, especially one from real life. Now, some may call it luck, just being in the right place at the right time. But when the story involves a super talented person with seemingly impossible dreams believing in themselves and then succeeding against all odds, it's hard to write that off as simply random luck. I like to think of it more like the magic of manifesting, a combo of bravely pursuing a dream and the universe seeing your gift and opening doors. All this to say that Growing up in a small town in Armenia was an unlikely start for a young singer, songwriter, and producer who, after performing at a small music festival in their village, would find herself on TV in front of millions of viewers competing on Eurovision, then racking up millions of streams on Spotify, going viral on TikTok, lending a chart-topping hit song on American radio, and a major label record deal with Columbia Records, all within the past couple of years. The shiro of this fairy tale is Rosa Lynn, who now has released a series of hugely successful singles, is working on songs for her debut album with an impressive array of writers and producers and is about to head out on the road opening for Ed Sheeran. It's an exciting time to meet and introduce you to Rosa Lynn as this week's Shiro in the Spotlight. Rosalyn, welcome to Shiro's. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Today's a special day for you. Oh, yes. It's a release day of my new song, Never Be Mine. What do you want to tell us about this song? Maybe we should start right out with playing a clip of it. It's another personal song. It's kind of continuation of Snap. Another song about unrequited love that, you know, I always happen to have. It's an emotional, very emotional ballad that I wrote with Michael Pollack, CC, and TMS. Wonderful, wonderful people. I'm a big fan of Adele, and I've always wanted this type of powerful ballad pretty ballad about love and you know we finally have it i finally wrote it so i'm very excited about never be mine it's very sad actually
Rosa Lynn here with us on Shiro's Radio, starting off with a brand new track called Never Be Mine. So since we're just starting to get to know each other, you mentioned Snap, and I thought yep. that that would be a good starting point to learn about you and your story. Do you want to tell us about this song that got everything started? Yes. The initial idea of Snap came to me when I was 18. I was madly in love, unrequitedly, and it took me about four years to be over that person. And at the same time, I was going through a lot of difficult stuff, you know, personal, family stuff. My country wasn't doing very well. And I was kind of, you know, really disappointed in everything and everyone. And I was about to give up on everything. And I wrote Snap. You know, I'm talking about people lie and, you know... I'm trying to get over you in a snap, but it's not happening. So snap is now that I look at the song and the meaning of the song, I think the reason why people connect to it is because that idea of snapping and being at that point of being very mad is very relatable. It happens to every single person on the planet. It's not just a love song. It's not just a heartbreak song. It's a song about life. So I'm snapping one, two. Because life gives us a lot of moments where we, we want to lose it. <laughs> We're about to lose it. So I think there was a wonderful, wonderful gift for me, that song too. And I truly appreciate everything that made me write that song now you know all the pain all the hurt every everything and i think that it's not as easy for women to give ourselves permission to snap like we have <laughs> to kind of keep it all together yeah. right yeah lots of stuff is not easy for us well you mentioned your home country being in turmoil at the time mm. that's armenia yes yep i'm from armenia I think this is the first time I've ever interviewed somebody from <laughs> Armenia. That's so this great. is an exciting day for me. Is there a lot of music coming out of Armenia? It doesn't really, how do you say it, breakthrough globally. But it, there's a lot of wonderful music happening in Armenia. I guess because of the language barrier, because of lack of opportunities for young musicians like me, you know, it's just very, very hard because you're so far from, you know, everything's happening like in LA or UK, let's say, or Germany. And if you're outside, it's kind of an impossible dream to succeed in music globally and have a hit song or have your song on the radios. It's, it's not even... I didn't even dream about it, honestly. I just, you know, I had this dream as a kid, but I didn't know that my song's going to be on the radio or I'm going to play in stadiums very soon. But there is wonderful, wonderful talent in Armenia. It's just really hard to find people that believe in your talent, you know, and I'm not from a rich family and it was really, really hard for me to even get gear for recording my demos. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I, Navak, my management company, just gifted it to me because, you know, I didn't have a laptop uh, with Logic. You know, Logic's like 200 bucks and I'd never be able to afford it as like a 16, 17 year old kid from Bonanzor. So um, I don't know. I just got lucky. But there are tons of tons of talented people in Armenia still trying to make it on their own, which makes me really sad, actually. 
So how did that happen for you? I mean, you said you dreamed of it as a kid being a musician, but you didn't think that your music was going to be able to break out. What was that turn of luck for you? Well, I kept writing and kept taking every opportunity that came my way. You know, all the concerts and festivals I would sing there. And I had a band and we were performing at a local festival, very small one. And Tamar, who's the CEO of Novak Collective, was kind of talent searching at that point for her songwriting camp that she was going to do in Armenia because she is Armenian. She was born here and she's doing this wonderful, wonderful thing for people outside of the U.S. She's giving young talents opportunities to shine. And that's how she find me. She just saw me performing and she said, I want to work with you. And that was when I was 19 in 2019. So we started working then and we're still working together. And honestly, I don't know, is it the universe or what? I don't know. Because what if I wasn't playing at that festival? I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't have anything that I have now. It's such an incredible story. And I would be so curious to talk to Tamar, too. What is it like for young women in Armenia in general in that society? And then on top of that, pursuing music? Armenia is a wonderful, wonderful country, but also very conservative. It's much harder to be a girl in Armenia than a boy in Armenia. How come? Um, it's very conservative. <laughs> in what ways are girls not equal to boys? I can't say they're not equal. It's just you can't find jobs. It's fine. Like you get mm. the same salary in Armenia. I actually was very surprised to hear that there are some countries with like women have lower salaries because they're women. That really surprised me. I was like, I thought I'm from like not really progressive place. And you're saying that you get lower salary because you're a girl. That type of stuff is not happening in Armenia. That's all good. It's just, I don't know, if you're a girl, you need to be a good girl and, you know, listen to your dad and like not make bad decisions, you know, or, you know, your brother tells you don't go out at like midnight. I don't know. It's like the silly kind of conservative stuff. But mm -hmm. I can't say that there's like a huge discrimination in professional spheres. Although I think to make people take you seriously, it takes heart, I guess, to take people to take you seriously in the professions that are not considered so female, you know. But I mean, there's a bunch of stereotypes, but I think it's everywhere. Little silly things that make life very hard. In my personal experience, because I, you know, I never tried to work in an office or whatever, so I don't really know how that goes in Armenia. But I remember that in my band, even it was just me and a bunch of young guys who were like, we're cool, we're like dudes. And I would feel like I'm not really involved in their like gang of rock stars. I would feel and I was also younger than them. I was like 16-year-old girl who was trying to take the lead role of the frontman. And it was kind of weird for me. I was like, I'm also a part of that gang. You know, they would have much more fun without me than with me, which kind of, you know, sucked. But also as a producer and a professional musician, it's like everyone's kind of like surprised. You know, it's like... Oh, you're a producer. Wow. Okay. Like it's very rare in Armenia to be a female producer. I think here too, but here is, you know, much better. 95% of all producers in the United States are male. 
95? Yeah, it's a very small percentage here, too. So it's great yeah. that you're here representing not only your country and as a musician, but you're also showing up as a producer because we need more women that are producers here. <laughs> we do. I mean, I personally think that it was much worse, let's say, 10 years ago, the discrimination and everything. I can't really say because I, I'm just starting, you know, I see what I see and I experience what I experience currently but yeah. I think it's getting better because I personally have never I for five months already I'm writing every day and I'm in the rooms with complete strangers like every day and I've never felt discriminated or not heard and I think maybe my team really tried to have female songwriters and producers in the room too so we kind of really tried to create safe space for everyone and equal space for everyone but also when I was just alone with a male producer and a songwriter I never felt anything weird and you know it went great so I think the music business is really changing to good we still have lots of work to do obviously you know because the percentage is still there's a huge disbalance but from my experience and I can say that it's completely true I think everything was great for me um, that's awesome so I'm Super, super lucky to be able to say that because I know weird stuff's happening still. Rosa Lynn is here with us on Shiro's. Looking ahead now, we have a series of singles. Yeah. Your album has yet to come out. Are yep. we going to have an album to look forward to in the near future? I hope so because I'm yeah. <laughs> writing it, but you never know what's going to happen. But I'm writing an album. I have a bunch of singles that I want to release. We're still in the process of figuring out which songs we want on the album and which songs are going to be singles. We might just end up releasing a bunch of singles and then make it into an album but I've been really really working hard every day for five months working with wonderful wonderful people legendary songwriters and producers I would never think I would even meet like people who wrote my favorite songs on the planet and I'm not exaggerating wow. literally wow. my favorite songs on the planet and I can't believe that I got to work with these people so I'm very 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 inspired and excited about this time in my life and then the tour is crazy right. you're going to be opening for ed sheeran yes uh, among others right yeah, that's incredible I'm going to open for ed sheeran my first tour ever and i'm opening for ed it's incredible and then i'm basically going to be on the road for two and a half months after ed states we're doing some festivals i'm opening also for young the giant and milky chance and then i'm going to have some little small you know my own lame headlines <laughs> oh no probably no, nothing like 15 people will show up but i'm excited about all that two of my favorite things on this planet is being in the studio writing songs and then performing them on stage so i get to do all of that in half a year and i'm happy it's so amazing. I've been loving looking at your Instagram and some of the videos of you with your phone and people oh. singing along in the background. It's just wild. It's wild. It must be an incredible feeling. It's wild. I remember the first time it happened in Amsterdam. It was like a Eurovision promo concert. And I happened to have my phone in my pocket, which I never do. Like I never take my phone with me on stage. It's dangerous. But I had it and I took it out of my pocket and... I was like, um, I'm just going to try, you know, because I, I didn't know that people loved my songs. Like it was just like the first concert for Eurovision. So I was like, snapping one, two. And then the whole crowd sings, where are you? And we did the whole chorus like that. And I remember I was just shaking for the next 30 minutes after that. I always knew something like that's going to happen to me because I was like very concentrated all my life. Like I was trying to get this goal and 
no matter what, who cares if I'm in Armenia, who cares like I'm an ocean away from LA, like, whatever. I always felt that it's going to happen, but I never thought it's going to happen that soon. Like literally the second time I'm on a big stage. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, w- with all of this success coming to you so quickly, how do you stay grounded? Because I can also imagine it would make you feel a little like your head is spinning. I don't think my head is not spinning. <laughs> my Fair head enough. does spin a lot. I can't say that my personality changed. I act like I'm a dumb kid, you know, sometimes. But again, I'm, you know, being from Armenia, like we are told to be humble everywhere, to have like good manners. And I really appreciated my parents did a great job, I guess. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> it's just in my culture to stay humble and not be very, you know, like I still feel kind of shy to talk about Ed Sheeran tour and to talk about my success because I feel like I'm just being arrogant. I know it's not true, but it's still it's in my genes. It's in my culture to be grounded no matter what. But I mean, it's impossible to not change also because it's crazy what's happening in my life. My life completely changed. And in one day I came to L.A. and, you know, I don't have my family with me. I don't have my friends. I'm not in my country. Completely different culture, completely different mentality. People are so different. The way you communicate with people is so different. So I had to really adjust like very, very quick to be able to succeed and be productive in what I do, to be able to work with the people that I have to work with. And it takes a lot of, I don't know, I'm very happy that I'm able to do it and kind of be professional because I was not ready to be professional at all. I don't know how to do this. I kind of like fake it. I don't know, fake it till you make it. I hate that saying, but I kind of quickly learned it. Thank God. My head is spinning though. (laughs) I'm going crazy. I'm not stable. (laughs) Yeah, it's so understandable, really. I would love to play a clip of another song, and I was thinking perhaps we could go back before Snap, the song King. Yeah, let's do that. Well, I speak three languages. I also speak Russian, so I speak Armenian, Russian, and English, and it's my second language. And I used to write a lot in Russian, and I wrote King. It was like around when I first started working with Tamar from Navak, and I started learning Logic. That was my first step of producing something and, and recording myself, making my own demos. And I remember I wrote that song. It was, the whole thing was in Russian, and I sent that to the team they're like oh my god this is amazing you know i thought it's okay i never thought a non-english song could be interesting to the american market especially russian but we ended up doing a duet with kiara which was my first single and the duet with kiara was amazing and we made a hybrid version so we have English verses, Russian verses, and Kara's also singing in Russian. I had to teach her the way to pronounce it in like 3 a.m. for me over Zoom. So it was a fun experience. Very, very fun. I would love to play the portion of the song where you're singing in Russian. Can you translate for us what that means? Uh, Baby, I don't care if you're a saint or a monster. Uh, It's not going to be easy for me in your world because you're a king and I'm not a rock star yet. Well, I'm now a rock star, kind of, so...
Rosa Lynn. She is our guest today on Shiro's. That was a song called King that she did with Kiara. And when was that released? 2019. Was your first instrument the piano? Am I getting that right? My first instrument is piano, yeah. I started playing piano when I was six. My parents took me to musical school and I was playing classical music. And I have to admit, I hated it the first time because, I mean, I was six and I was playing Bach. Like, who can love that? Unless you're a genius, you can't. And I'm obviously not a genius. But then when I graduated and I was 12, I did not touch the piano for probably a year and then I don't know something clicked in me and they couldn't take me away from the instrument I started writing my own stuff and I love classical music like I genuinely am obsessed with classical music I think it's the best music on the planet but I guess it took me a lot to understand it and as a kid it's just hard to understand jazz or classical but I also started playing guitar when I was 10 but piano is my main instrument How did the guitar end up in your hands? And was there anybody that you looked up to that was playing the guitar that you found inspiring? It's a very funny story. I was eight and I saw a TV show about a girl's rock band in high school. It was just a bunch of girls in high school and they formed a band. And I think it wasn't just a movie. It was like a band from that TV show. They ended up releasing songs too. And I got obsessed with it. I was like eight. And I thought, oh my God, this is so cool. Because I never saw that too. Like I never saw it in my country. We didn't have girl rock bands in Armenia. Now we do, which is great. But when I was growing up, I can't say that there were no bands. I just didn't know it. You know, so I saw it on TV and I got obsessed with it. I had a small toy guitar and I would fake playing it and singing it. And then I ended up asking my dad to find me a guitar teacher because I wanted to learn to play guitar. And he did. So I started writing my songs and playing covers and singing covers. And I do that all day, every day. Do you remember what some of the first bands that you covered? So when I was 12, my guitar teacher was like, why don't we do a concert in my hometown and you sing some covers? So he invited his like musician friends and it was me with a bunch of 50-year-olds, old school rock stars like of my hometown. And I was 12, like little blonde girl, just like playing. And I remember with it, I want to hold your hand by Beatles. And I sang Rod Stewart's Have You Ever Seen the Rain? Billy Joel matter of trust and Celine Dion and Bonnie Tyler you know all the old school cool people cool stuff and now I look back and I'm like I was 12 in Armenia in Vanazor I was singing Billy Joel matter of trust that's pretty badass that's pretty (laughs) badass and I saw Billy Joel I was at his show two weeks ago and I saw Stevie Neeks I I was like very emotional actually because Billy Joel was one of the first artists I covered and that's a big moment. And wait, when you say you saw Stevie Nicks, let's be clear. Did you meet Stevie Nicks? No, I saw their show. But okay. I'm not far from actually meeting her because I'm working with Rick Knowles. Oh, my God. Who is very close to Stevie Nicks and who um, wrote for her and Flip okay, Mac when, a lot. When you meet her, will you give her, give her my number? Yes. Okay. I actually... <laughs> I don't know if I should say this, but I met Rick and I got obsessed with the song he wrote for Stevie, If I Were You. 
And I was telling him for four days, I was like, Rick, I am obsessed with this song with no intention. I was just like genuinely telling him that I think he's a genius, basically. And he was like, why don't we cover it? So we recorded that. And that's probably one of my favorite songs I ever heard myself on. I'm very proud of that one. And I think it's going to be great. Hopefully we release it. I think we will. But I'm very, very happy about that one. So that when it's ready, so it's going to send it to yeah. Stevie and hopefully she won't be embarrassed. I can't think of a better queen for you to be in touch with than Stevie Nicks. Maybe she'll give you one of her little moon necklaces. We'll stay in touch about yeah. that. <laughs> Rosalind here on Sheer Rose. Why don't you choose a song to take us out today, Rosa? Let's do it again. That is a duet with my good friend Duncan Lawrence, who is also a Eurovision artist. He won Eurovision and we got connected after that. It's a wonderful, wonderful song about unrequited love again, you know, but I would do it again because it was so good. You pull me inside Into your Under Before we jump off, I really want to thank you for this opportunity and I want to send a bunch of love to everyone who is listening and I want to wish that everyone finds peace and love and happiness and inner harmony because that's what needed to make this world a better place. With thanks to Rosa Lynn, thank you for thank being you. with us on Shiro's. The sickness that Many thanks to Rosa Lynn for being with us. Find out more at rosalynnofficial.com and catch her live this summer. She Rose is produced by me, is mixed and mastered by Kelly Drake. Our original theme music is by Lucius. She Rose is also a nationally syndicated radio show. You can visit sheroesradio.com to find out more and support our work with Patreon or merch from the She Rose shop. Keep in touch on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Carmel Holt or find us at She Rose Radio. And please consider leaving us a rating and review wherever you listen to your podcast that helps us grow and bring you more Shiro's. Until next time, remember, music is our superpower. I'm Carmel Holt. Thanks for listening.